0: Today's Gospel reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 12. Please stand as you are able. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For your, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed, ready for service, and keeping your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. This will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into, You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm thankful to be a member,
1: a part of the kingdom of God, that occurred when I accepted Jesus Christ into my life. and. Is my Savior and Lord. And thank you, Minister Becky, for sharing with us that when we talk about the kingdom, we talk about God's preferred way of our living. So I have a question for you. Um, How many of you looked in the mirror this morning? Some of you did not. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) If you looked in the mirror this morning, will you please raise your hands? Okay, that's better. <laughs> so, when you looked in the mirror, what did you see? No, don't, don't, don't yell out any names. No. I want you to know that when I look in the mirror, a mirror, any mirror, what I see is first and foremost... A human being who's been made in the image of God. That's what I see first and foremost. A human being made in the image of God. Imago Dei, which comes from the Latin version of the Bible, translated to English as image of God. And when we turn to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, we see where this truth is placed. Verse 27 in particular says God created man, humanity, humankind in God's own image. Guess what that means? That means that your value, your worth, your dignity is made possible. Because you are made in the image of God. It does not matter what your nationality is. It does not matter what your race is. It does not matter what your ethnicity is. It does not even matter what your sexual orientation is. You are made in the image of God. And therefore, you are a person. Of worth. Amen. Let me say it again. Because you are made in the image of God, it doesn't matter your age. You are a person of worth. You are a person of significance. You are valued. To be made in the image of God means that we human beings have unique abilities absent from all other creatures of the earth. We, we mirror the divine nature of God through our words and our actions and our behavior. I'm excited about the fact that I'm made in the image of God. Now, let me just share this with you very quickly. There are some people who have forgotten that they are made in the image of God. Let me ask you another question very quickly. So as you were driving to church today, even as you may have looked out of your window on to a beautiful scenery, the lake or whatever, as you, as you looked out through your window pane of your home, as you looked out through the windows of your car as you were driving, what did you see Let us pray. We give you thanks, O Lord, for this day, and we thank you for your word. We come again asking you to please do what only you can do. Bless your word. Help us to hear you through the words. Bring about transformation through your word as we listen to the words, so that when we leave this place, we will not be the same to the glory and honor of your holy name. Amen. It's so important for us to remember that we are made in the image of God. I I I cannot stress that enough. I'd grown up as an individual who've heard a lot of voices, and not all of them were positive. And so I continue finding myself before me that I'm I'm made in the image of God as I remove those negative voices that would have me to think otherwise. And I'm not alone. As I look out over this congregation, if I were to take the mic and go up and down the aisle, and I won't, some of you would share with me that you too have had to remind yourself that I am a person of worth, I am a person of value because I am made in the image of God. The question comes up what happens when we forget that we're made in the image of God? What happens when we forget that it is God's plans and purposes? are to be fulfilled through those of us who are made in God's image. What happens when we forget that we're called to be co-creators of God? I'm so glad you asked, because I would suggest to you that as we look at the first chapter of Isaiah, another prophet that we're being introduced to, a prophet who has been called by God to prophesy to the Southern kingdom of Judah, whose capital Is in Jerusalem. I would suggest to you that we get a glimpse of what can happen when we forget that we are made in the image of God and everyone else is made in the image of God. When you look at verse 1 of this particular chapter, we see the title or inscription that tells us really all that we will need to know about this particular book. We know that it wasn't written by the prophet Isaiah himself because it's written in third person. It refers to the prophet and it lets us know what we can expect from the book. We know that this prophet will speak a word to the people, not the prophet's own words, but the word that the prophet has been given, hallelujah, by the almighty God, God's self. We know that these particular words are not only for that particular Um, population that spanned over a 40-year period of prophesying. We also know that the word of God, because it is alive, it's a word for us as well today. In this chapter, we know what God loves, and we know what God rejects. We know how God expects God's people, not the world, but God's people, how to live. When you look at this particular chapter, we're mindful of the fact that God is calling his people to account. And as I look at this particular chapter, I will tell you I really do see two groups of people. You may not, but I do, I do. I see one group of individuals, and this text was written for that group, the group of the elite who were oppressive and who did not see others being made in the image of God. I also see a group of people who were the oppressed, hoping that someone would take note of their plight. As I look at this chapter, I just see two groups of people. And so what we see as God calls God's people to order is, you know, God is not impressed by what we do when it is not tied to a heart. That's connected to God. You, you heard it in, in the reading. You heard it, right? God said, I, I'm tired of your assemblies. I'm tired of you showing up on a Sunday morning just to go through the motions. Pastor's translation. I'm tired of your offerings. Your sacrifices. Just going through the motions. They're not connected to me. They're not connected to the community. They're not connected to those that I care about. I'm sick and tired of your going through the motions. See, God is talking to that group of people who just show up, and they, and they sometimes ask the question, so what's in it for me? I go to church, but, but what's in it for me? As opposed to recognizing that when we enter into the house of the Lord, when we enter into the presence of the Lord, we are coming to worship the awesome living God. And we're coming to hear all that God has to say to us. Words that will bring about hope, healing, transformation, even as God sometimes challenges us and corrects us. It's not about what is it. For what's in it for me, it's about how can I offer myself as a living sacrifice to the awesome living God so that during this relationship with God and this worship experience, I will experience transformation so that when I leave, I will not be the same. So in this particular chapter, chapter 1, God lifts up what God rejects, verses 11 through 15, And then God talks about what God desires. So let me share with you, as I take us to a special place, that as I look at this particular text, I I do glean three points from this, this text, chapter one. First of all, I am real clear that God sees you the God who has made you in God's image, God sees you in all that you are going through. I told you I'm talking to two different groups of people, right? God, God sees those who go through the formalities and yet their relationship with God has been uh, disconnected to a degree. They just show up. They don't expect to have an encounter with God at all. They're just trying to figure out where am I going for lunch when church is over and oh my gracious, it's the first Sunday we may go over And then there's that second group. That second group, Dr. Turbot, that you mentioned briefly. That, ter- that second group is trying to figure out is there any place where I can belong? Is there, is there anyone who really cares about me? More importantly, is there anyone who sees me? One who is made in the image of God. Void of any labels that anyone may try to put upon me. Do they see me? So I've come to tell you today, yes, God sees you. One who is made in God's image. God sees us human beings. Homeless or houseless. Immigrant, indigenous peoples, white, black, Asian, heterosexual, transgender, LGBTQIA, God sees you void of the labels. And God loves you unconditionally. There is no but. God loves you. Secondly, as I look at this particular text, it tells me that God not only sees us, but God assesses the situations that we find ourselves in. And he assesses, God assesses the situation according to God's standards and not our standards. God is assessing what is taking place in God's world. God is assessing what is taking place in your life. And more importantly, I'll just tell you, God is paying attention. God sees the pain. God sees the hurt. God sees the confusion. God sees the sense of numbness. God sees the joy, the excitement. God is not absent. God sees you and God is with you through Jesus Christ. And thirdly, I want to share with you that God acts directly or God acts indirectly through other people to address the issues that are not in alignment with God's will. For God's people, who are made in God's image. God has a standard for living. And God wants everyone to experience that standard of living. God saw the conditions of God's people in Isaiah's society and he saw the condition of the worshipers. And God had a word for them. Enough is enough. Because you see, although they worshiped on a Sunday morning, although they came together to worship, when they left worship, you could not have known that they had entered into the presence of the Lord. They would say, we have faith. But God always asks the question, how are you manifesting your faith in your community, not only within the body of Christ, but in the larger community. Remember what James said in chapter two, verses 14 through 16, what good is it? My brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith, but has no deeds, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go, 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 just go in peace, keep warm well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Let me share something with you, fellow United Methodists. The United Methodist Church is a part of our DNA. We've always been concerned about the plight of individuals, not just their spiritual well-being. We've always been concerned about how they live out their lives. We've always been concerned about advocating for social justice. Someone has made that a bad word. But for us United Methodists, That's a part of our DNA. Our founder John Wesley and his brother Charles, while they were at Oxford University and as members of the quote unquote holy club, they visited the local prison. They tutored the neighborhood children. Early Methodists expressed their opposition to societal ills such as slavery and smuggling and inhumane prison conditions, alcohol abuse, and child labor. That's who we are as followers of Jesus Christ who live out our faith through this denomination. Oh, Lord, my Lord, United Methodists today state in the book of discipline (laughs) to witness to Jesus Christ in the world and to follow his teachings through acts of compassion, justice, worship, and devotion under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We do these things as individual Christians, as congregations, and as a globally connected denomination, not to earn something from God, no, no, but to participate in God's ongoing work in the world, in our lives, and in the lives of others. When you look through your window pane, what do you see? Do you see hurting people? Do you see people who are so lost that they're going in, all, they're going in the wrong direction, carrying out acts that are not life-giving but life-taking? What do you see? Do you see men who are looking for strong Christian men who can lead them and guide them and tell them about God through Jesus Christ? Are you seeing women who are struggling to say the right words to their teenagers, hoping that the church will come along with ministries and opportunities that will support them Are you seeing men who are raising children on their own? What do you see? Do you see the oppression that is taking place? What do you see? God reminds the people of Judah, What God expects. Since they are in covenant with God. And God reminds us of what God expects. And see, this this is the good news. Have you noticed this pattern as we've looked at prophets? God will share with us what we have done wrong, that has not been in alignment with God's will, God's way, God's nature. God will convict us. Have you noticed that? And then God comes back and says, but... Let me share with you what I expect of you to do, what you can do to return to me. I thank God for God's mercy and grace, don't you? And so God shares with the people of Judah Verse 16, wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. What does that look like? What does that look like to seek justice? Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. I, I, I don't know about you. I, I do believe you've experienced this. You know, God will share something with me on a Sunday morning and then, lo and behold, during the week, I'll have an opportunity to put into practice the truth that God has revealed to me on a Sunday morning. Have you ever had that experience? I just believe that this week, God is going to reveal to us individually and even collectively as the body of Jesus Christ, known as Evangel Heights United Methodist Church Family and Friends individuals and communities who need defending because they're being oppressed. I believe God is going to reveal to us folk who have no male role model Who's looking for male role models, males who are following Jesus
0: Christ?
1: I do believe that God is going to remind us that as a congregation that is blessed with widows, how we can continue to support and love on our widows and not only those within these four walls, but even those within the larger community. I just believe God is going to give us the opportunity to learn to do good as we live out who we are. Humankind, made in the image of God, valued of word. Humankind who through Jesus Christ is now called to share that good news with others. Let us pray. You call us to wash ourselves clean so that our transgressions fall away. You call us to cease doing evil. You call us to learn to do good and to seek justice. You call us to rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, and plead for the widow. Oh, Lord, our God, give us the eyes to see what you see. Give us the heart to desire to reach out to those who are made in your image, that they may know of your love, of your grace and your mercy as revealed through Jesus Christ, that they may know that they, too, have a place to belong in you. Because of who they are. Made in your image. In Jesus Christ's name we pray with thanksgiving.
0: Amen.